the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. We're back for hour two of the show at 606. So good to have you here. My name's Randy Corcoran. Always a pleasure. Our phone number, 303-696-1971. 303-696-1971. Of course, we've been having some fun with this. 99 Decisions Tree. 99 Ministers Meet. To worry, worry, super scary. Call the troops out in a hurry. This is what we've waited for. This is it, boss. This is why the president is on the line. It's 99 Revenue Delight. Thanks so much to Luis Gonzalez for putting this together. I saved that third hit for uh, our next guest because it mentions that the president is on the line. Before we get to that, though, a couple of things I want to tell you. In the news, I heard about a, some tower falling. I don't know if we'll get to this today, but did you know that windmills, power generating windmills as tall as the Statue of, Statue of Liberty? I'm a lawyer. I always say statute. The Statue of Liberty, they're collapsing. They're falling over. And um, if we don't get to that story tonight, I'm sure it's something that we'll cover tomorrow night when I have the honor of trying to fill the shoes of Dr. Matt Dunn. I'll be filling a long time since I've done Backbone Radio, but I will be back with you tomorrow night from 4 to 7. I was, I guess I wasn't surprised. It's a fairly new announcement, but when we had Ronna McDaniel on in the first hour, I uh, talked about a host of things, and I told her that there was a the first announced competitor to Donald Trump in the Republican presidential primary. And I teased that at the start of the show. I haven't told you who it is. I'll give you some hints. He is a former mayor. He is an incredibly successful businessman. He's an author, a documentarian, a filmmaker. He's a resident now of Colorado. He's also a dear, dear friend of mine. I am just so pleased to welcome back to the show I'll let him inter- identify himself. Mystery guest, who are you? <laughs> Steve Laffey. Randy, what a great show. What a great intro. The guy that produces voice is better than I'll ever be on radio. I'll tell you. <laughs> is, is he Mr. Radio? I have told him I several times. I thought I was times. on ABC. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love it. Yeah. I love it. I love being on with you. It goes back to the days we spent too long, my friend, when you, know, you were on in the morning and I come on and then sometimes I host it for you. You could drive all the way down there. And, yeah. You know. Anyway, you're a good man to... And you're a good man, so I appreciate it. Well, it was terrific. And I, I'll tell you what, the fact that we have, you know, we've stayed in touch, uh, personal family issues, different things, our, our friendship is is a, a, a deep one. And yet, gosh, it's been a year or more probably since we'd communicated. And I got yeah. your text, and I, I just about came out of my skin. It's very, very exciting. So, Steve Laffey, I know some of my regular listeners uh, who came over from the morning show who've been following Wake Up for – uh, you know, five, six, seven years now, right. we'll know who you are. But let me just turn it over to you to give a little background on Steve Laffey, and then we'll jump into your announcement. Sure. I'm, I'm Steve Laffey. I've lived in Colorado for 12 years. I have six children. I'm a public school kid who went to Bowdoin College, Harvard Business School, 
president, chief operating officer, ran the, you know, a lot of different things for about a half a billion dollar revenue firm. We sold it for $780 million. I checked out and went uh, to start a hedge fund in, in Vermont, but uh, actually I felt a strong calling to go to my, my, the second largest city in Rhode Island, not that big of a city, but Cranston. And it went bankrupt. I became the mayor and I spent four years making uh, what I thought were normal things. And I think a lot of people here listening would think were normal. But in Rhode Island, where the public sector unions control everything, it was one controversy after another, like street sleepers who made the national news. I was denied access to a radio show. The first uh, court of appeals had to put me back on. They were crossing guards. I always say Reagan had the air traffic controllers. And in, in Rhode Island, if you call them today, I still have the um, the, uh, the crossing guards who were making $129 an hour back in the day, adjusted for the recent Federal Reserve imposed inflation, probably $200 today. But but uh, so, you know, then I, I I lost a Senate race, a book that I wrote uh, called Primer Mistake points out how the Republican Party lost everything. By the way, I'm a Republican, been a Republican since I was 18, running for president as a Republican. So it's not like that. But. You know, uh, I am the only living elected Republican to run for higher office and be attacked by the National Republican Party. They preferred Lincoln Chafee, who is left of Nancy Pelosi. You know, he's a partial birth abortion guy, right? He wanted a bill that would take minors across state lines for abortions without telling the the parents. I tried to inform him that was called kidnapping, but he didn't seem to get it. So anyway, uh, I moved here. And I thought to myself when I was over at uh, a movie film festival, I thought I'd make a movie. It was a well-received documentary called Fixing America, which was play- played around here, played a lot of places. And you can still watch it on Amazon. And unfortunately, around 20, well, not around, May 29th of 2015, I put everything on hold and actually started homeschooling my children because my daughter, Sarah Grace Laffey, was diagnosed with stage four neuroblastoma, a very tragic thing that usually strikes people under the age of one and a half, but at the age of 18, about to graduate from college. Uh, So my wife went off to the children's hospital down there in Aurora, and I stayed home and started buying sex and math books and flipping pages, and and that's the last you heard of me. But, um, and it's been a long, long eight years. So anyway, that's uh, that's where I've been. And I I, I just want to say, Steve, uh, Sarah has such courage and such heart and such determination it, it, you can't be around you feel you know your heart breaks for a young person with all this potential to be going through this fight but you can't be around her and feel sad no. because she just generates and emanates life she has inspired literally a million people she's she yeah. i mean there's a million people praying for her, i think around the country she's been on some of these uh youtube videos watched by a million people and and so just so you you know i mean she crawled her way back from having six months to live twice. Yeah, our family went to live in Philadelphia, which is one of the reasons I, you know, I had to go live at the CHOP uh, Children's Hospital Philadelphia uh, for many, many months. That's why I didn't enter uh, public or trying to run for public office here. And um, on May fourteenth of twenty eighteen, she was supposed to pass away literally that night. And she, she's at graduate school. She crawled back from that, took one class at CSU at a time for a chemo brain. And they thought she didn't have any cancer. It's come back. And she's at graduate school at Boston University. In fact, the announcement statement I sent to you, Randy, which you can read, anybody can read it, you know, uh, go to, you know, Steve Laffey Twitter, go to SteveLaffey.com. But I actually wrote it, but she edited it in a hospital at the Children's Hospital in Boston. So 
she's an inspiration. And so if she was over 30, she should run for 35, like whatever it is. But she's inspiration to a lot, a lot of people. So, but that's where I've been. I mean, it's just, you know, what, you know, I don't know, people define what's a man and, and your show seems to know it. And you've been through a lot, but sometimes you're just going to do what you have to do, not what you want to do. And um, so, so homeschooling, you know, three little ones for, um, they're not little anymore, by the way. The, the, the results are in. They're, they're all college sophomores. <laughs> yeah. One's 14. Wow. Uh, Stephen Laffey Jr. is the youngest admitted at Colorado State University in the history of the university. Unbelievable, Steve. Uh, and, so, anyway. you know, you've brought, you have brought your children to events that I've hosted, right. political yeah. events. They're, they're polite. They're attentive. They ask wonderful questions. I mean, and you yeah, brought them at a tea party. Yeah, yeah. Had them at the tea party. Come. Sure. And, and, it, and I was I was wondering where the kids are. That's why I was telling fellow <laughs> Republicans, listen, these Democrats are bringing the kids. Yeah. They're indoctrinating them. Why don't we indoctrinate them with the truth? Money matters. Amen. You know? Amen. <laughs> the Fed Reserve is wrong. You know, uh, let's go through this with the kids so they can hear it. Talking to the second and officially announced yeah. and registered and signed up papers filed Republican presidential candidate for 2024 taking on the other so far only announced candidate, Donald J. Trump. His name is Steve Laffey. The website is stevelaffey.com. And, man, you've been, uh, you've been out to uh, ABC in New York. You're, you're in the Hill, the Boston Globe. You're everywhere. Yeah. Um, this is not a I'm joke. On, no, no, it's not being taken like that. And, I, and, I, and I'm on uh, ABC, Good Morning America, Monday, uh, live. That's the, the third hour. I think it comes on at 11 a.m. Central Time. But I'm also uh, live at, at 1 p.m. Central Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Newsmax. So I'll start their show off there. Um, then the Daily Mail will call from the U.K. And so there's a lot of things happening on Monday. Yeah. There's also a big Forbes magazine, uh, I think, is coming out uh, on Monday. And, and I think it's just time to say, listen, Steve, why are you doing this? Like, you know, so can I just I'll just tell you. Yeah, lay it on us. Um, yeah, listen, um, this is, by the way, I, I don't want to sound like Bobby Kennedy too much in 1968 when he announced and he said he wasn't running against any one person but i'm really not i, I acknowledge what donald trump has done uh, that, that that i've been, that i liked i've also said here's what i don't like but it's about issues and so the problem in america is that we no longer and haven't for a generation directly confronted our problems and i'm going to change the nature of the debate and that's what i'm good at that's what i did in cranston that's what i did at morgan keegan i i, I possess a gift that you know, the, through the power of how I say this and the ideas and the truth of them, many people say, you know what, he's right. <laughs> so so, so my, that's my goal. I, I mean, winning, losing, whatever, who knows? You don't know. Uh, I could tell you a little story about an uh, old grizzly reporter who told me in November of 75, he was in Vermont, there was all these Democrats, and, and at the end of the debate, he was so young, he said, everybody's crowded around. I'll go talk to a guy that nobody's talking to that can't win, and he did an article on Jimmy Carter one year before the election. So, uh, you know, the thought that this is a long shot, not, it's not the point. the point. The point is we have to stop stealing from my children. And so we are. And we, I at 61, we are the worst generation. We've left nothing. T take a look at Social Security. God. I mean, I mean here, here's Mike Pence today, who, by the way, has a real, I, I don't understand, you know. I will tell you this. I worked for a guy named Alan Morgan for nine years. I loved him. If he had run for president, I would have helped him. I would have never run against him. The people who have served under Donald J. Trump, who are now going to run, have a really hard story to tell. 
<laughs> and, and we can talk about that, but it's like either you didn't say anything, Mike Pence, about the $8 trillion of deficits when you were a congressman and tried to stop the government back when you were a congressman, or you only like the last day on January 6th, or what really is, what's going on in your mind, Mike Pompeo? You know, this, this seems to be incredible that people would do this. I've never heard of something like this, you know, but it's happening. But like take Social Security. I mean, he says today something along the lines that we should take a look at it. Okay, so maybe he saw me announce with a with a whole with a whole argument about fixing it. Who who's he? Mike Pence. Okay, Vice President Pence. He Still came out today about. with something. We got to re, we got to look at it. We got to. Oh, I, yeah, it's, I saw that. It's, it's bizarre. I mean, listen, folks, everybody listening. Social Security is a sixty-three trillion dollar unfunded liability, and if you're under forty and you meet with a financial advisor. They normally just say, you know what, we're not doing anything with Social Security. Let's put more money in the IRA. You're not going to get Social Security. That's a standard. I, I know this is what I did for a living. That's a standard philosophy of people. Well, how can that be? So, so why wouldn't we fix it? And if you go to stevelaffey.com and go to issues, I could go through the whole thing. We don't have to spend all time on it. But I actually, I'm not an inventor. I'm not, you know, uh, Henry Ford. I, I look around and find the best policies for everything, how to hire people, how to do this. Uh, Larry Kotlikoff at BU uh, has done more about Social Security than anybody in the country. And so I looked at his plan, and for about seven years, I'm like, this is what we have to do. And and the thing about Social Security getting fixed with it, people who are already getting it, get what they have, and the people who, let's say you're 50, you actually get whatever they say you're going to have, plus you have about 10 years in a new investment thing that you own, and then you stop buying annuity was when you get 60, you might get less. And so this is the part about not dealing with our problems. What problem do we deal with in America where somebody actually might get less? None. It's always more. More health care. You know, in, in 1960, we were 5% of GDP spending on health care. Today, we're 18%. We've got to get to twelve. Yeah, and and we've we've crossed that threshold now, where the interest on our debt. Now that we've gotten out yes. of these phony zero interest rates, zero percent interest rates, where the interest on our debt is greater than our military yeah. budget. It's and I just got to ask the question: Would it be better for someone to run who's been right, who actually made a movie about what you just said, and and said once we get past twenty trillion of borrowing debt, we're about twenty four now. The, the debt clock says a bigger number, but what we borrow from the public, both from China, unfortunately, and from the pe- person listening to the show, and pension funds, it is now past the point of return. So, for example, rates can't go to normal because at normal we'd be at 6% average borrowing over the last 35 years. 6% times $20 trillion is $1.2 trillion in interest costs. We used to be, when we kept them at zero, at $250 billion. Folks, where's the trillion dollars coming from? The answer is it's not. The Federal Reserve knows this. Hedge funds know that. I know it. So we know that we're about to enter in a macrocosm what the, my hometown entered uh, that I told them they were about to enter in, in 2002. You're about to go bankrupt. The bond rating is going to get shattered. By the time I was five, eight months later, the bond rating was the lowest in America. This is what's about to happen to America. And wouldn't it be better to say, well, you know what, that guy laughing? I just watched a video clip of him in 2011. I just read a statement from him in 2005. He said, he said, don't trade with China. He made a movie about it. Yeah. Like, who was right about that? So, so not, not Mike Pence. And so, by the way, not, not Donald Trump. I mean, you know how this started the ball rolling. Yeah. 
Yeah, he but, did. And that's great. And by the way, that's great. But the last trade agreement with communist China was... Well, let me, let me pause you because anyway, uh, you, you know how this works in, uh, in radio. Know. We run into a break every now and then. And here's, here's what I want. You're going to stick around, right? Yeah, sure. Yeah, okay. I mean, we used to do this for hours. <laughs> it was it was the best. <laughs> it's six twenty two. We're talking with the newly announced presidential candidate, the first into the race against the uh, obvious front runner, Donald J. Trump, uh, and it's official. He's Colorado's own, and because we've had you for a few years, we can say that Steve Laffey, yeah, the website, sure. stevelaffey dot com. You know, obviously, you can talk about this money stuff. I mean, you were a young CEO. You got uh, you got made CEO in your 30s. You negotiated an $800 million sale of the company before you took your own buyout and, and went back to Cranston to fix mm-hmm. a whole lot of problems there. And, uh, you know, you've talked about all of your family history. You graduated from Harvard Business School, Bowdoin College, all of those things. So the money issues, nobody's going to own you on those. I think the hard part for you is going to be you know, always remembering to talk to the level of the listener and the voter. But when we come back, I want to get your take on some of these other issues. And especially, uh, you know, I, I don't know that you're on Donald Trump's radar, but you see how he responds to all of his competition. What do you expect and how do you plan to deal with it? Last thing I'll say before we go to the break is I am so lucky because you know how much I care about you. Uh, I've been a fan of an awful lot, as you were and are, of the Donald Trump accomplished during his presidency. But as Republican National Committee man, I get to stay neutral in primaries. So I'm not going to have to take a side here. But um, I want to answer some of those questions, continue the conversation with my good friend Steve Laffey, the second official Republican in the race for president in 2024. Stay with us here on 710 KNUS. We're back at 627, second hour, almost halfway through the show. Although the things I don't get to tonight, we will have some time tomorrow as I will be guest hosting. Man, I haven't done that in a long time. But guest hosting on Backbone Radio, that's from 4 to 7 p.m. Really look forward to having you then. Before we go back to our guest, I want to uh, just remind you about my good friends over there at Cenogenics. Dr. Julie McCallan, Dr. Tim Watt. When it comes to creating and maintaining a healthy lifestyle, there's simply no magic pill or product that will do the work for you. And man, oh man, have I learned that lesson. I got into such good shape uh, before I got my, uh, well, first and only round of COVID. And uh, and I, I never got back to it. It just sort of took the life out of me. And so I'm so grateful for the help I get from my friends at Cenogenics because you can't do it. Uh, Well, yeah, I guess you can do it on your own, but man, when you've got professional help and a plan that works, it really makes a difference. Imagine a world where you're not just another number. Your doctor knows everything about you. They return your calls. They spend time to discover all that's necessary to get and keep you well, not just healthy, but optimally healthy. That's the world you get at Cenogenics Denver. You'll be seen and cared for by the great doctors and staff there. They'll help you achieve your peak cognitive, physical, and metabolic health. I've been able to create a future for myself where I remain active, healthy, have got energy for the demands of my everyday life, and I owe so much of it to my friends at Cenogenics. I just keep going. Life is too short. Your health is too precious. Don't trust just anyone you're assigned to through your health care provider. Don't settle for mediocre, long waits for test results or calls that don't get returned. Simply expect the best. Call Cenogenics at 720 302 2992 or visit them 
Always say it, denver.senogenics.com, denver.senogenics.com. Let's get back to Steve Laffey, running for president. Steve, interesting text message came in. Randy, you're interviewing Donald Trump's vice president in 2024. (laughs) Trump needs more people like this. (laughs) Well, you never know. You never know. You ain't playing uh, for second right now, though. No, you wouldn't. You wouldn't plan anything, but uh, obviously, who knows? I mean, I'm moving. You know, I'm going to New York tomorrow. Uh, there's a big. If you go to SteveLaffy.com, I have a really big Zoom call organized for 5 p.m. Mountain Time. But when you click on SteveLaffy.com, it'll invite you to go there. You, you go and listen. I have a video. I, I, you know, we'll play some clips of videos. I'll talk, and we'll take some questions. And so I'll start doing that. Um, and then I'll head to. Then soon after that, I'll head to New Hampshire, and I'll live there. And that's that's the way I'm going to do it. I'm going to live there and campaign the way I campaigned in Cranston and in Rhode Island. And I have a whole bunch of people coming out of Rhode Island who are texting me all day, ready to roll. It's not exactly the Blues Brothers movie getting the band back together, but it's fairly close, uh, though we won't wear dark glasses. Going to be very, very interesting. SteveLaffey.com, SteveLaffey.com. And, you know, you've got you've got money. I know you know how to raise money. Um, so this is this is nothing that you're just playing around at or trying to build no. a quick profile. You are dead serious. Uh, our good buddy and, and one of my dearest friends, Tom Tancredo, ran for president sure. when he was in Congress. And, and he never expected to win. He didn't expect to uh, – in fact, he didn't expect it to make it as far through the primary as he did. But he mm-hmm. got in because no one at that time was talking about the southern border, about right. illegal immigration. We didn't have the fentanyl and the Chinese and the – and the the hustlers and the rustlers, you know, funneling people and drugs the, at the level that we do now. But he saw it. He wrote about it. He talked about it. He was the only one. And so it mm-hmm. gave him a tremendous platform. And I know you'll have that same opportunity, uh, you know, in debates and, and all of that. Um, but yeah, I don't think you're I don't think yeah. you're. Yeah. Yeah. I know you know him well as well. I But I know you're not getting into this with the idea of sharing a message because you you already have a platform for that. I do. I have a platform, and I, I just like to let people know that, you know, it'll take health care. I mean, I've seen five to seven million dollars of bills come across my desk. Um, I grew up in a family that used a lot of social welfare. I have a sister that was lived in a group home until she passed away. My brother Michael locked up in the Institute of Mental Health after trying to burn it down for many years. I mean, I know what goes on. I know when I pe- see people on the street how we should get them back into and, and many of them who are mentally ill. And if you look, think about what I've gone through, who would be more ideally you know, to understand these issues, to explain them to people? You take education. I mean, I've been saying this for a long time. The public schools cannot be fixed. I've been, and, what, and what is leadership? Leadership's, leadership's like what I said about communist China in 2005 publicly as a part of a campaign. It's nice to see Marco Rubio say three weeks ago, hey, you know, whatever issue he wanted to talk about about China, oh, they they fired a warning shot across our bow. He said that in 2023. (laughs) I mean, mean, that was 2000 when they joined the WTO, the World Trade Organization. So, you know, when it comes to education, for example, I've got six kids. I've, I've taught the top finance course at the University of Rhode Island. I've been educated in public schools. As a mayor, I directly dealt with antagonistic school committee. I have educated kids in Montessori school, LaSalle Catholic school, private schools, public schools. I personally homeschooled the last three when Sarah had cancer. So 
I've, you know, I've been at the Ronald McDonald House for healthcare. So education, healthcare, aren't these like the biggest issues? And so who would know more than me? I, I don't think anybody. I think I can bring something to the table um, that other people simply can't. And the public schools, folks, let's be honest. The thought process that even Republican governors say, let's not be so woke, but I'll give you some more money. The public schools over a 10 dozen years in the future have to be ended. If I have to teach Algebra 1 myself from the White House, I mean, it can be not only free, but the $21,000 plus they spend in Denver, it has to be going down to what it is to do what I did with my kids or a charter school or what Bob Schaefer, the congressman, does up at Liberty School. All of it's much less. It can't be that we continue down the road of failure because the beginning of the cycle of death was the destruction of our public schools, and it continues has to stop and, for your and, children. And what a hot issue. I mean, that that is really where all of the, the fuel that helped flip uh, the, the uh, governor's sure. race in Virginia and elsewhere, yep. the moms who became outraged. I mean, the one blessing of the CCP communist China Wuhan virus was the wake-up call for parents when they saw the garbage that was going on in their children. Yeah. And then I, I also see a positive as sort of the, you know, we've sort of divided the public, those who will just docilely don their mask and do as they're told right. and take their vax and their booster, one, mm -hmm. two, three, four, and five, no matter how many people die suddenly and drop dead all around them, and the people who said no from the very beginning. And it's really important to identify who, you know, your allies for freedom are. And so that's been useful as well. Yeah. Um, although, although it would have been better, as I said on many a radio show in April of 2020, the only thing the president has to say is that Americans always go to work. I, I, I said, I have a problem with my daughter. That's my problem with lack of immune system. You may have a grandfather that you have a problem with. That's your problem. We can take care of special situations, but the ability to shut down the government and then, and then drive the corruption through the PPP program. I mean, Randy, I, I'm, I, there are tapes of me saying this all over in April and May and June that we will have inflation. How did the Federal Reserve not know this? How did they know when they created 20% more money without the corresponding drop in velocity that we wouldn't have at least what we have today or the last two years. And how would they not know that they would destroy the middle class? How would they not know? I did that a guy making 65 grand can't handle the 4,000 increase in energy costs between driving a car, heating his home, et cetera. He can't handle it. How did they not know this? The guy making a million dollars, he's in stocks. He did well. And he doesn't care about the 4,000, but the federal reserve, and by the way, this was 100 U.S. senators, all the Republicans voted for it, and Donald J. Trump approved it. Wrong. It was bad. And, and it never should have happened. And I only wish I could have been the vice president there to kind of scream in the Oval Office and say, what are you doing? It'll cost you the election. And it did. And none of that's okay. The PPP program, even NBC refers to as the biggest fraud in a generation. I mean, come on, come on, folks. Where was the common sense? And why do we need to teach people how to act under pressure? Either you got it right from the last 20 years, or you can't learn on the job. The hundreds of billions of dollars now that are coming out uh, that were stolen out of the PPP program internationally, not just uh, you know American criminals. That money 
it, the, this government is so irresponsible and so out of control. So, you know, we, we keep sort of circling back to numbers, and I, I get that that's your thing. How are you going to reach the housewife, uh, you know, the single mom, the the person whose, you know, car was stolen in Colorado and, and the the thief doesn't even get put in jail? And now she's got no car. She can't afford to go anywhere. Uh, it's all of that. How is your message going to translate down to a, an independent or an unaffiliated voter? Well, it, well, well, it has in the past, but the truth is, to be totally blunt, it's got to it's got to reach the person in New Hampshire first. That's where I'm. I'm actually from. I went sure. to college around it, so that's where I'll be. And what we, I will pray is that I will reach them, and you will wake up the much much the way you woke, woke up in 2011, and you said, Herman Cain, yeah, 999? Someone's going to do this? All right. Very interesting. Months, and you had three months of a window. Herman Cain became a friend of mine, too, by the way, like like Tom Tancredo. And my Tom Tancredo story is one of the greatest ones. But, but Herman Cain and I met in Colorado after the election, and we became friends. And... Um, I visited with Atlanta one time for like three or four hours. And, you know, he's like, Steve, you know, the 999 plan is really half a fair tax and half a flat tax. And I just hate it when they fight. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, so, so we're going back to the 999 plan. Again, I don't, I'm not an inventor, but we need a simple, efficient, fair tax system if we're ever going to get out of the gym. I would estimate, and I don't know that I'm just estimating, that roughly – 10 to 20 percent of the united states economy is underground we're not exactly venezuela a third world country right we're not exactly like really like something in africa but a lot of stuff is underground and and by the way who can blame them i mean in some respects who can blame these people who who can figure out the tax code and, and why go back and watch the 2011 debate with herman king getting attacked by who mitt romney rick santorum not new gingrich by the way and they're just talking down to him like he's an idiot. The guy's got a master's in math, <laughs> and he's not an idiot. He's a businessman. And he was right, and people loved it, and that's why they had to get him out of the race. So, sure did. Yeah, did, I, right? that's but, when the personal life came up. That's right. And by the way, none of that was true. The lady who said this about Herman Cain, go, someone find the articles. She was arrested for fraud a couple of weeks later, but he dropped out. But anyway, long story, Herman told me what, what to, how to do this. He said, if you do this, this is how don't make my mistakes, blah, blah, blah. So he became a friend also, and, uh, and I miss him. He unfortunately passed away. Republican presidential candidate, fully announced, papers are filed. Interestingly enough, when I had uh, Ronna McDaniel on in the first hour, chair of the RNC, for, gosh, 25 minutes or so, she had no idea that there was a second, uh, a second competitor in the race for president. Uh, but after, <laughs> it's hard to believe it. She she doesn't get the hills. She doesn't get Fox News. She does. I mean, come on. I mean, where well, was she the last forty eight hours? It's in every single major news, newspaper. Well, I was going to say by Monday, uh, <laughs> knowing you know all the places you're going to be, I'm sure that everybody's going to know she, it. There, it's very interesting. Just, uh, who knows? How could she not know? But I mean, oh, no, I, I think that was legitimate. I I don't think she was well, making. It. I mean, she's got plenty. I mean, she's also a mom. She's got kids. It's the weekend, yeah. so you know who knows. Okay. But, uh, yeah, no, she wasn't lying about that. But um, it, was, it was a very interesting interview, by the way. So when we come back, uh, what would you have done with the Chinese balloon? And uh, how do you plan to respond to or prepare yourself for the, the inevitable 
Donald Trump attacks if you begin if he begin to get some traction, especially if you pull out the the great upset that you're shooting for there in New Hampshire. So we'll pick those up when we come back. Steve Laffey stays with with us. I hope you will too. It's six forty one. Wake up with Randy Corcoran here on seven ten K in US. Nah, this is not the day for good old rock and roll. Yeah, Chinese messing with us. We are back. It's 646, and I um, want to remind you, I have the great pleasure of guest hosting Backbone Radio tomorrow, 4 to 7 p.m., so I hope you'll come back around. We'll have more time for some calls and for some talk. Didn't really expect to keep my guest and friend Steve Laffey for the full hour, but I should have. Because, man, back in the day when we did radio, sometimes he'd fill in on my show, and but we'd have him on, and we would get started, and it would just never end. So really appreciate you sticking around, Steve. I imagine I love it. as an official presidential candidate, you've got a few things to do. So, yeah, hey, I get a pack. Is this, yeah, <laughs> moving to New Hampshire. Is this, no, get, yeah, go ahead. Is go this ahead. the first interview in Colorado you've done? Yes. Awesome. In fact, in fact, in fact uh, my press guy... He's like, what's going on in Colorado? You live there. Like, it's blowing up all over the East Coast. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so, yes, it is. Unfortunately, I, I, you know, again, who knows? I mean, one of the things that the press in Colorado has ably done is continually put a blackout on much of the election season. If you live in another state, if you live in Colorado right, right now, you would never see this in another state. I, don't, I, I never seen it any, not in Memphis, certainly not anywhere in New England or New York, where races of critical importance were literally aren't covered. In, in, a, in a way that I think is even covering the race. You wouldn't see this in Minnesota. Uh, but it's it's very unfortunate. But the be is, I just have to go to New Hampshire for a while. It's, it's okay. Well, and Colorado, Colorado's not a state you need. <laughs> You're running for president, yeah. so. Yeah. Uh, Colorado. Not yet, but no, we, we got a handle New Hampshire and Iowa and, you and bet. South Carolina. So anyway. I uh, I don't know if you well you have you weren't listening in the first hour, but uh, one of the interesting statistics that uh, that I am well aware of, and we talked about with Ronna McDaniel in the first hour, was that in 2022 the Republicans won the popular vote by four million votes, and we picked mm-hmm. up enough battleground states that if it had been a presidential year, we would have won the presidency with 279 of the 270 necessary electoral college votes. Uh, so that that definitely bodes well for Republican chances in the presidential, obviously different dynamics in the presidential. I don't want to run out of time without uh, finding out what you would have done as commander in chief when the Chinese balloon wandered uh, toward Montana. Well, way before Montana, it would have been shot down. And I think maybe Donald Trump would say this. It probably wouldn't have went across the country, even if he was president, right? So absolutely. Um, yeah, so and I'm, again, I'm, I'm not running it. I'm not. There's not going to be an anti. There's going to be somebody running as an anti-Donald Trump person. That's not me. And we can get to the next question. But but the response is so bizarre. So everybody in Colorado would kind of know that there's less people per capita in, in Montana than just about anywhere. Maybe Wyoming. Maybe Alaska. I don't know. Maybe there's like I don't know six to eight people 
per mile. And so the thought process that is generals might have said, don't shoot it down. We might hurt some on the ground, a couple of cows somewhere. I, I mean, this is nonsense. It's, they don't even come up with good lies, right? They, they don't even have the time to think, think it through. They have two days and they come up with something. They don't want to hurt people on the ground in Montana. Does that well, you've got to you've got to hear this, and and this is for people who weren't with us in the first hour. This is your Pentagon at work. So, as I mentioned, we'll continue to monitor it. Uh, right now, we assess that it'll probably be over the United States for a few few days, um, but we'll continue to monitor, review our options, and keep you updated as as we can. So that was sure uh, impressive and reassuring what? from the world's most powerful air force. That was, I don't know his name, a very highly decorated, I can't read all the colored squares or anything, but nope. highly decorated Pentagon official. But one more real quick. Position of the balloon yep. classified? Uh, Phil, right now, uh, what we're not going to do is get into a hour by hour location of the balloon. Again, we're monitoring it closely. Uh, I, as I mentioned right now, it's over the center of the continental United States. That's about as specific as I'm going to get. But I understand my being convenient, but does the public not have a right to know? If uh, the, the public is over certainly state? has the ability to look up in the sky and, and see where the balloon is. Whoa. <laughs> the Pentagon. I had not heard that. Yeah. How about the real inflection and anger in his voice? That's really stunning. Oh, come on. What, what, I mean, any, what is wrong? These people are the worst. They're the worst of the worst of the worst. They just are. From the president and his staff, the biggest staff of all time, and the wanton disregard for the truth, it's just bizarre. And the people of America can't put up with this. This is, this is beyond belief, these kind of statements. And, and you know, truthfully, every member who, decide, who advised the president to not shoot down the balloon at the beginning should resign. You know, I mean... That's, if you have people around you say that, you think about it, maybe you don't find them that day, maybe you tell them all to resign, but you need new people. And, you know, a, a normal response, and this is not anything anybody said, but I've said for a long time, you know, I know President Trump in the summer, late summer of 2019, told, you know, for a day, told everybody to get out of China, in capitalist countries, American companies, and of course, they didn't. And so there was no law passed. But what would be wrong with going to Congress today as the president? And saying, listen, I may have been behind, this is President Biden, I may have been behind the, the, the scoop on this one, and you have too, but we now officially have to know what Steve Laffey said in 2005 is true. China will never become a democracy by trading with them or being nice to them. In fact, he said that because it's true, and it's never happened before. He uses evidence. So we're going to raise tariffs today on all goods coming from China to 15% on every good, including Apple computers, which for some reason former President Trump left out. And then we're telling people who have operations in China, it's time to go. I've also introduced another bill, pharmaceutical manufacturing, which most of our politicians have been in the talking lane, like Tom Cotton back in 2020, all this stuff about bringing home pharmaceutical goods, that's going to be a law. 65% of all the drugs we use, and this is why Mrs. Jones, the 75-year-old lady over there on that drug, you know, we're going to have to bring it back to Puerto Rico, To There's an empty place up in Cody, Wyoming. We're going to bring it back to at least North America, where we can control this and get our supply lines. When they shut them down, you, Mrs. Smith, can get your prescription drugs. What, and I'll stop now. Randy, what would stop someone from saying that? What, why would that not be greeted with, like, cheers? 
Well, yeah, of course, so many in D.C. just pad their own pockets with uh, yes. with all of the That's fallout why. from some of the things you're talking about. In the time we've got left, we've got about three or four minutes, and we've, yeah, we've never hit the the uh, the fun question, which is, what are you going to do with Donald Trump? You know, we Ron DeSanctimonious, uh, he he punches everybody in the mouth. I'm sure we'll hear that Mar-a-lo- my Mar-a-Lago is bigger than your ranch in Fort Collins. Um, <laughs> what, do, what do you expect? Yeah. What do you well, expect? Well, that would be a problem. That would be a great problem. But I don't think President Trump attacks people who don't attack, attack him. Uh, I haven't seen that. So he may have said that about Ron DeSantis and so forth. But then again... Ron DeSantis was extraordinarily helped by Donald J. Trump. Yeah, it's disloyalty in his view, for sure. It is. And and by the way, I don't blame him for that. But that's not my that's not his issue with me. He doesn't. Sure. Can I tell you one quick story? Yeah. Fixing America, the movie movie comes out. I sent it to 400 famous people. I sent a personal copy, a letter to Clint Eastwood, to blah, 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 and to Mr. Trump. And I get two responses, one from the, the Iron Workers Union letter and one from Donald Trump's secretary saying he loves this movie. Thank you so much. Now, I didn't. It's just the message. I should have saved the message. Yeah. But, but but it shows a couple of things. One, he's a great marketer. I mean, I don't know whether he watched the movie. I pray that he did because he, he he brought up the anti-China stuff at the beginning. Sure. Maybe he did. But whether he did or didn't, he had good follow-through. That's what I would have done as mayor or whatever I was involved in. I always responded. Get something in. Respond. 398 people didn't respond at all. <laughs> so it's along that line. I have a list in my, somewhere in this office of who I sent it to, and, and it may have been 300, whatever. But it was a lot, a lot of people. But it was it was President Trump who responded. I don't see that happening, actually. But if it does, we'll take a good laugh. And Or, you know, listen, in all seriousness, if he wants to get into it, I'm happy to go down to where he lives, do a YouTube live streaming thing, and we'll just take one issue. He says, don't touch Social Security. I say that's fiscally immoral. We just differ. I have a complete plan to solve it for young people because in the end, Randy, it's my campaign and it's your children. And that's the way it is. And that's why I'm running. Steve, it's going to be an awful lot of fun. I know that we'll get you back. I, I spent a, I got to spend two, take two trips to Mar-a-Lago, meet the president, talk to him down there. I don't expect he will be coming on Wake Up with Randy Corcoran, but the dough. <laughs> but we'll I will anytime. That's right. And we'll if always... elected, I still will. <laughs> that's awesome. Wouldn't that be something? <laughs> That was, show might gain a little profile then, that's for sure. Well, Steve, it's been a, a great pleasure. Um, God bless you. Love to your you daughter, your beautiful, loyal, hardworking wife, all your amazing kids. If they remember me, tell them how proud I am of all of their tremendous accomplishments. Um, you're an amazing dad. That's a great start. And uh, look forward to watching you work, man. I know it's gonna, you're going you're gonna to surprise some people. I'll be back when you need me, but I'll be in New Hampshire generally. <laughs> Very anyway. cool. Well, stay in touch. Right. SteveLaffey.com. God bless. Very, very cool. And uh, wouldn't that be something, you know? The Herman Cain of 2024 only. Nothing in his closet to take him out early uh, when the momentum starts to build. So, uh, Republican National Committee, man, I'll be standing neutral, but... Uh, uh, <laughs> just never know. It's such a crazy world. I, you know, Donald Trump, I expect to really clear the field, frankly. Um, but never count Steve Laffey out, man. He is amazing. Really cool. All right. We've got more politics, more candidates, uh, more campaigning when we come back. Um, if we don't have time for this gentleman, we'll talk to him on, uh, on Backbone Radio, Representative Scott Bottoms from HD15. 
he succeeded Dave Williams, one of the conservative superstars in the Republican state house. And uh, um, he wants to talk about this recent decision by the GOP to put someone else in place to run their reorganization meeting in El Paso County, along with the damage that the Democrats are starting to do. We're going to try and squeeze him in in the final hour of the show. If not, we will definitely give him a slot when I guest host Backbone Radio tomorrow night from 4 to 7 p.m. But when we come back, literally the toughest human being I know, uh, a hero, a friend, uh, somebody who's fun to you know ride Harleys with and just talk to, and hang out with, but uh, he's also running for Colorado Springs mayor. He did his uh, rollout announcement on Friday. I was actually in the Springs, but I couldn't stick around for it. He's Benghazi war hero John Tig Tigan, running for Colorado Springs mayor. I love it, and he will join us next right here on Wake Up. That means wake the hell up. I know it's nighttime. Wake up with Randy Corcoran here on seven ten KNUS. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 